0: Today's episode, we are going to get into budget gear, budget tackle, budget boots, budget bags, budget, everything that you get on a budget. And what I mean by budget gear, I don't necessarily mean the cheapest, most inexpensive gear that's out there on the market, whether you're talking fishing, camping, hunting, outdoors, whatever. I'm not talking about the most, the the cheapest, the inexpensive. I'm talking about what fits into your budget. Uh, There's a lot of us out there that live on a budget and you, your different budgets might be bigger or smaller for different activities. And what I have learned over the years from when I was a kid just out of high school with a pretty good job, and and I, I learned how to uh, budget my gear, my gear back then when I really didn't have a set budget all the way into now when I have a family, I have two kids. Um, I'm a stay at home dad. So my budget for different things is a lot different now and how I manage that from when I was a kid to now. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, go over year by year, but I've learned a lot and I've experienced a lot. With different types of gear, and I have, I have figured out ways to get get by with gear that may not be the best, or I, essentially Walmart gear. So, I'll get into that, to that, and much more on today's episode. Uh, once again, if you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing, and if it does give you an option to leave a rating and, a, and or a review, I really would appreciate that. And uh, once again, please enjoy, or I hope you enjoy today's episode on Budget Gear. So, some of the first things that pop into my head, and, and, and they could pop into your head too as well. But for sure, that that pop into my head when I think of, or I hear the word budget and budget gear, or just budget anything really. Is is I, I I'm thinking of, you know, things that cost less, <laughs> things that are not as expensive as other things. Um, you go to get these things at a second at a second hand store, a thrift store, um. I, I'm not even gonna say Army surplus. Well, I guess you could put look at Army surplus, but I, I have gotten a lot of Good gear that I've used for years at Army surplus store when I first started ice fishing uh, The majority of my stuff that I got was was at an Army surplus store but Budget in my mind since then since I was when I first started when, when I was a kid and and I, I, I refer to myself as being a kid that 18 when I was on my own, when I finally, you know, graduated high school, went on to become adult. I started to adult. My my mindset was always best. Get the best. Right. Go get the best stuff you had or you can afford. Go get the best gear you got. Uh, that you can get and you know, back then, you know, not, not only was it, was it fishing gear, but I had, I played a lot of softball and I had a new bat every month. I've had, I had a new glove every couple of years. I had a new bag, like shoes, uh, shirts and all the, all the money that I put into softball immediately out of high school. Was a lot like it was and then and then, you know, throw fishing and angling on top of that. I had a good uh, set of of hunting gear of gear that I can go camping and hunting with that I that I had uh, either kept from when I was a teenager from my moving out of my parents house or that I I got from my parents and that I accumulated in that sense. You know, I had a good rifle. I had uh, I haven't got in. I didn't get into bow hunting yet, so I didn't have that. But I had a good rifle. You know, I had a good tent. I had a good sleeping bag, all that stuff, all the camping gear, the clothing I had was good and I could use it. Now, was it, was it the, the top of the line back then? It could have been, I can't remember exactly what was top of the line back then, because if you look at, if you look at hunting gear and you look at uh camping gear and stuff like that, just within the last 10 five to 10 years was where the technology really got ramped up and involved in the hunting gear. So back then it was just, I like, you could get good gear at Walmart Kmart. And in my case, you know, ACE, ACE, uh, um, ACE hardware had a good selection of stuff. Like I mentioned, army surplus, I would go and get a lot of those. And I, and I learned this from my uncle's Uh, And my uncle who was actually uh, In the Air Force would give me a lot of his Old fatigues I would get a lot of his Because we were about the same size He would give me a lot of and that's what I would wear hunting You know I would wear the thermals That he would give me I would wear the the, Everything a lot of the stuff that I had was Was you know issued uh, Was army issued or Air Force issued Military issued that's military grade is what I'm Trying to say Uh, I got on to What do they call Mickey Mouse boots Uh, for ice fishing from, from the going to army surplus stores. And when I was younger, that's that, that would, that was my hunting gear. I really didn't switch over into getting crazy in the hunting gear till I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll say uh, at least three, two, three years ago. Uh, Before that I would get, you know, I do the same thing I've always done. And I, I kind of switched from the, you know, camouflage, stuff. And I was just buying green and black clothing, thermals, pants, things like that. And that's, that's what I would get. I mean, just recently with the handful of years, uh, three to five years, but as far, and and I'll get back to the hunting stuff. So real quick, I'm, I got, I don't have a lot of secrets and I, I don't have a lot of recommendations as far as certain manufacturers, certain clothing, when it comes to the hunting side of things. Because I've used the budget scenario, the budget gear, my entire life, my entire life. And just up until recently, like I mentioned, just up until recently, I really started to concentrate on really looking into, okay, how, how, how is this gear going to help me not sweat as much? Um, Scent. I. I don't really. I know that there's a lot of the the mindset of scent that's out there. There's scent blocker. You can buy sprays. You can. There's a lot of things you can utilize with that. I don't really. I haven't really gotten a situation yet in my experiences where I've scent has really. Where I have to really control that. I'm not saying I won't. I just haven't had it yet. And that's a lot of another thing too that when you get into these scenarios. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about camo patterns. I hear a lot of people talk about where it just, just what, what I think in my experience, especially recently going from the gear I was wearing to investing in some good high quality stuff. I've, I've, uh, I've noticed that camo patterns really don't mean nothing to me. And again, I haven't experienced where it, it does yet. And that just could be a lack of experience for me, and and there's people that are probably saying, "Oh, well, you haven't done this, you haven't," and that's that. You're probably right. You know, I haven't been in a, in a situation where I've got, you know, in in a I, I can see in a in in a situation when you're pronghorn hunting just because of the eyesight that those animals have. Turkeys, for example, too. Turkeys have been kicking my ass the past three years, and I, I, I'm really wondering now you know, is clothing my next option to where I have to adjust. Being on a budget doesn't necessarily mean you can't afford the best of the best when it comes to gear. Like I mentioned, when I first started adulting, I was really big into softball. I was spending and investing loads amount of money into softball, my gear, the actual playing tournaments, all that stuff. And then fishing started to blow up, ramp up for me also. Like I mentioned, I wasn't too focused on the hunting gear, camping, because I already had all that stuff that I was comfortable with, that I was fine with. But as far as the fishing goes, I started to get, I started to invest in, you know, St. Croix, rods, fluorocarbon line came out. When it first came out, it, I mean, twenty dollars a spool for a a, a spool of one hundred and fifty yards—that's a lot of money. When you're normally paying, you know, maybe ten bucks, um, not even ten bucks, you know, maybe maybe even five bucks for a spool of mono. Then you got braided line that started to come out. You know, that's into the twenty dollar range as well for a spool of a uh, hundred and fifty yards, three hundred yards. You know, but the rods. Then you start getting into baits that I really got into, you know, lucky craft lures, Rapalas, uh, different kinds of lures, hooks, reels. Then here come the reels, you know, I got away from from using uh, when I started fishing, just going to, to Kmart or Walmart, Biggs, whatever Ace Hardware, like I mentioned, going to these stores and just grabbing a, a Shakespeare Zebco combo off of the off of the wall. Uh, Off of the rack and going and buying it and fishing with that the entire season and buying another one next year When I got out of high school is when right in that mode between I would say I was 16 To when I got out of high school is when I started to switch over And invest Into a rod into a reel now if you're looking for recommendations on those I have great podcast The first two podcasts of this season um, You know cover of how I go about picking rods and reels that's that, those are great podcasts. Go check those out. But in this scenario, my budget, I, I really didn't have a budget because I was a young kid. I i, I still I, I live with my parents for a little bit. Then I moved out. When I moved out, it started to get a little bit more hectic and I couldn't buy as much things and, and, and do as much stuff without not paying my bills. So I started to when the, the first time. I, I chose to buy a new uh, Shimano uh, Symmetry Reel or a stratic Reel, you know, get a brand new, uh, like two or three. I got a new couple of Saint, new St. Croix, and then I couldn't pay for my phone bill or I couldn't pay for my cable bill. And I got those shut off. I started to think like, whoa, I got to figure out. I got to figure out how. I got to make this go. I got to figure out how I can still pay my bills, but buy or have good fishing gear. Then I started really to to just really look at it and nail it down. I started to set aside money. It's like, all right, this is what I'm going to use for fishing gear. And, you know, I, it wasn't just me figuring out, you know, my folks were like, hey, if, it's fine if you want. And, and my girlfriend, who is now my wife currently, you know, or, or currently, <laughs> who is now my wife, <laughs> Not like like we're gonna, you know. She's she's you know currently she is, but uh, you know we'll we she'll have a uh, she'll have a an evaluation here in a month. No, she's my wife now. She's my girlfriend then, but my wife now. Hey, there's nothing wrong, you know. Hey Matt, relax. There's nothing wrong with having this stuff, but why don't you figure out, you know, put some money aside. Uh, I, I had a fishing budget and I had a softball budget. And when I wouldn't would put money into those budgets, you know, then I could buy this, I could buy that, I could buy a new this, I could buy a new that, you know, ice fishing, I had an ice fishing budget. And like I said, I really didn't have a hunting or camping budget because I had all the gear, I had everything I needed. So building and establishing these budgets It involves, and especially if you're in these, I mean, whatever it is, like now I have, like, I'll just tell you the budgets. Back then, you know, I didn't even budget bills. It was softball, fishing, and eating out. Like those were the three things that I put most of my money into. And then now when I involve creating a budget of like, okay, these are the things I need, but bills are number one. Right. I didn't even have a budget. I didn't even have an idea for them. I didn't even have like, hey, maybe I should keep uh, X amount of money in my account. So when this comes up, I can pay it. No, I was like, oh, what? There's a new what did you, you found a St. Croix for X amount. OK, I'll, I'll take it. You know, a new casting reel. OK, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. What Well, you got? You got rent, bud. I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't understand how how all that stuff worked and I was a kid. Again, I was a kid. But through the guidance of my parents, through the help of my wife who had, you know, who who was my girlfriend at the time, she didn't have to do any of this. She helped me get like, "Hey, okay, we got to put your money aside for your bills here, bud." And we got and it was it was literally like that. She it was like, hey, come on, bud, buddy, bud. We call each other, bud, buddy, stuff like that. It's it's, you know, instead of babe, we do the bud. So I, I know that's probably doesn't make any sense for anybody else. But it, it that's how we roll. I got a budget now. I got a budget for bills. I got a budget for fishing gear. I got a budget for softball gear. Well, the older I got those budgets changed. The softball budget got smaller and almost even went away because I kept getting injured. I can't afford to be out of work. I got to calm down and stop playing softball. I can still fish the fishing budget. Well, what happens when the softball budget goes away? You just throw that into the fishing budget. Fishing budget gets bigger. Now I can buy now I can start getting into more species of fish. Oh, hey, what, hey, what's walleye fishing? Yeah, hey, well, you need a bottom bouncer reel rod. Uh, you need a bottom bouncer. You don't really need this stuff, but that's what you know was going in my head. I need this, I need that. I need line counter reels. I need this, I need that. Blah, 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 blah. So throw that in the budget. Go out and find, go out and start buying these, buy, buying all that stuff in the gear. Spending more money. As far as the fishing goes, fishing budget gets bigger. Get into lake trout. You get into pike. You get into get, get into more 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 fishing opportunities. Your fishing budget gets big now. Now necessarily you're not you're looking at and and a thing that another thing that I was always too was you know I was just like everybody else. I would read the magazines. I would get the Cabela's catalog. I would get the Bass Pro catalog. I would put, I would get it come in the mail and I would go sit on, go sit in the bathroom and I would look through everything with a pen and, and mark every, I would have it all. I would do all that stuff because you, we all know that we got to have the latest and greatest. And back then I didn't know, I didn't understand that, Hey, you don't necessarily need to, you may want the brand, brand new reel that came out, brand new rod that came out. Oh, that's that's sick, man. I I like when that twitching bar first came out on fishing reels. That was the that was the rage. We got to go get the twitch bar. We got to invest in that. Through age, the older I got, the more I understood, hey, I could get by with what I got there and I can invest it more into bait. I can invest it more into into lures. I can invest it more into getting more hooks, more terminal tackle. Your budget evolves just like you, just like you evolve. Your budget should evolve. And I started, you know, not buying a brand new reel every year, not buying the, the brand new, the latest and greatest model of each reel every year, each rod every season. Of course, if I broke a rod, you know, and I didn't have a warranty, it's always good to also to find rods that have warranties, lifetime warranties. St. Croix's, if you did buy a certain rod, they would they would honor that lifetime warranty. And the same thing with stores. You would go into stores. I worked at Sportsman's Warehouse. Uh, I had a guy bring me a rod I know we haven't sold or we didn't sell in that store in 10 years because that's when they went away because I like those rods. And he brought it back. We honored it and he picked out something else. I just... Look at budgets as evolving and always changing. But they don't always have to mean that you're getting the less and the most inexpensive gear. The cheapest gear. It doesn't have to mean that. Budget angling, budget hunting, budget camping is a thing that everybody can do. Everybody can do it, and and I hate the fact to see people out there. And don't get me wrong, okay. So this is, this is the way. Before I I continue, I don't want to make it sound like when I go forward from here that I'm bashing all these other companies, these manufacturers, and all these other people that use the highest level of gear that use the highest. Uh, uh, the, the tip top of the spear when it comes to gear, you know, I'm talking Sitka gear, first light gear, uh, boots, crispy. Um, there's there's just uh, there's so many uh, different things you can uh, even even with. Let's just go to coolers. Everybody universally knows Yeti. Yeti coolers. I, I hear it all the time. How the hell can you spend five hundred dollars on a cooler? you know, something to keep your food cool. And I get it, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to bash any of these people or any of these companies because that's, that's I, I own First Light Gear. I own Sitka Gear. But I'll tell you how I got into those gear. I'll tell you how I got into those gear along with this. But what I'm saying is that there are levels, just like I, I've, I, one of the things that I always say, there's levels to everything and there's levels to gear buying. I really think there is. And if you budget it out, right, if you figure out where your budget is and you figure out what level you are in, whatever it is you're doing, and you buy that gear according to your level and then level up each year, it can really set you up where you're sitting there and you look back on your life or you look back on your, on your gear collection and you got a pretty good, you got a pretty good uh, gear selection there because you budget it out, right? So let's talk about where we can find these these different levels of gear. Obviously, if you go to the Bass Pro Shops, you go to the Shields, you go to the Mills Fleet Farm, you go to uh, whatever store, whatever sporting goods store it is that you go to that you can buy this stuff, or you go online and you go to these specific websites. And you go and and you go you go and get these you go and look at these gear at the gear and you look at a shirt. Uh, let's talk about a hunting shirt that cost almost two hundred dollars, right? And then you look at some gear, another hunting shirt that costs twenty dollars. You know, same camo pattern essentially, same colors anyway. It would be the same pattern. I know different patterns. Different companies have. Different way they pattern things. I understand that. But same, same color. And you're like, why would I get, and you're thinking, why would you spend $130 on this shirt when I have the same shirt right here for $20? And this is where the levels come in. If you're a guy that is going to get in your truck and you're going. And there's nothing wrong with this. And you're going to go hit the road, and you're going to go drive up and down the mountain, and you essentially you're road hunting. Or you're going to go walk, or you're going to go drive to a trail, walk a couple hundred yards up and sit on top of a mountain, and wait for wait for game to pass by. Wait for an elk herd to pass by. Wait for an elk elk to a singular elk to come by, a deer, whatever. You're probably not going to need to purchase that shirt, that $120 shirt, because you haven't invested that much time into what that shirt, what the, the cost of that shirt does for you. Outside of you owning that name brand on your shirt, it's just the same thing if you're buying Nike, Under Armour, Reebok, Adidas. A lot of times you're paying for what name is on that shirt. It has nothing to do with how that shirt's made or what it does for you. But in the situation of hunting, in the situation of camping, in the situation of backpacking, of, you know, going, going out, putting some effort in, that $120 shirt might work better for you if you're parking at a trailhead, putting a, you know, 60 to 90 pound backpack on your back, Hiking in four or five miles, setting up camp, and hunting there. That shirt, that hundred and twenty dollars shirt you paid for, is going to help you sweat less. It's going to help you be more comfortable when you're out there. Uh, it's not, it's probably going to sit better on your body. And the most important thing with that is the comfortability and what you're paying for that shirt to help you get through. Cause you don't have to worry about because that $20 shirts, probably a cotton 50, 50 polyester cotton blend. Probably it's going to be soaking wet by the time you're into your, in, into a mile, you know, you're going uphill, you're going up and downhill. you know, Those, those, those pants that you paid, you know, $30 for at the army surplus, are going to be soaking wet or they're going to be so uncomfortable that you know, you can't, you can't even move. So not, not only now your body, your body's not giving up, your body's not done, but your clothing are, you're almost better off taking all your clothes off and walking around in your underwear. And then you got the boots, the boot situation. I didn't even mention that. That's why you get, you get a lot of these, you know, these, these boot companies, these boot manufacturers, and you get a lot of people that invest a lot into their boots. If you go and buy a pair of Walmart's Walmart, uh, hikers and, you know, you spend, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks on those, you know, and and to some people that's a lot of money for a pair of boots. And if you're, again, you're in that situation, you got the $20 shirt on, you got the $35 uh camo pants, fatigue pants from Army Surplus on. And you got the $30, $40 boots, $50 boots on. You're gonna be your gear's gonna be toast. You might make it all the way back in there, but coming out, your gear's gonna be toast. Your shoes are gonna be toast. Your shirt is like I said; it's going to be soaking wet. Those pants are going to be uncomfortable. You're probably going to have shaved uh, 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 thighs. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that happens when you don't have that right gear on. You're going to have overly sweaty, you know, uh, undercarriage. To 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 put it um, uh, less vulgar, <laughs> vulgar and uh, disgusting. Yeah, I mean, if you know, you you know what I'm talking about. You know. And that's why when you invest $130, $150, $200 into pants, into shirts for, hundred, like I said, $130, and then you back that up with three, $400 pair of boots. That's where that type of investment comes in if you're going to be doing something like that. And I know this. Do I own the, do I own a pair of $400 boots? No, I don't. Do I own a pair of $150, $60 pants? Yes, I do. But I did not pay $150 for them. Do I own a, a $130 shirt? Yes, I do. But I did not pay that much for it, but I also owned that $20 shirt. I also ran those pants. And when I got out of my quote unquote comfort zone, when I was a kid, like I said, I had all that hunting gear, I had all the stuff. I was like, I'm good to go. I started getting out of my comfort zone where I where I'm not essentially truck hunting, essentially staying at least at least within a mile of the truck. I started to realize this gear that I have isn't doing it. This gear that I that I'm running that I bought at Kmart that I bought at Walmart, man, is making things worse on me. I'm I'm getting blowed out and I'm not I I can't I don't I, I can't make it through I, I remember coming off of a mountain one time for on a two mile hike, just a two-mile hike, and I had I had one shoe that the rubber sole came off the bottom of it, and the other one the, um, where you tied, I tied it so tight cause it kept busting off on the top of my ankle that the, 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 uh, buttons or not the buttons, but the, 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 the hook where you hook your shoelace through blew out and I'm wobbling down the mountain. And it was only barely two mile hike of, uh, in and out total. And I started to realize like, man, this stuff ain't working anymore. This stuff's not going to do it. If I'm going to invest more time into hunting, if I'm going to invest more time into getting deeper, or or putting putting uh, uh, more ground between me and the truck, I'm going to have to look at upgrading my gear. And I got, I don't even know where to start. You know, I didn't know these these manufacturers out there existed. I didn't know these companies out there existed. I didn't know that there was somebody out there writing about a uh, different gear to use, diff- going out there and, and going through this stuff for us. I didn't know that. Then I started to read magazines, kind of sort of started to read forums. Forums were toxic. They're, they're, they're toxic now. They were toxic as hell back then. And I'm talking, you know, mid 2000s. Is when I really started to to flip my flip the script on my gear game and to really look into upgrading things. And that's, you know, you come across, you know, different gear. And 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 back then, when I I can remember correctly, you know, that was a lot of the, you know, the um what do you call it? Like, I don't even I don't even know. I can't even think of a brand. I guess. Mossy Oak. But now I don't know if Mossy Oak made clothing or they were more of a pattern. I feel like that they may see. I I can't remember exactly who I was buying, but that's when I started to invest into the the Cabela's stuff. I remember in particularly in particular, I was getting I would get the catalogs and I would invest into that brand. I started like, okay, this is this is especially the boots. You know, I got into a pair of like Irish setters, I think it was, and I paid $150 for those. And before that, the most I've ever paid on a pair of shoes were for, were softball shoes. And I think that was like $120. So I, I, yeah, I I bought Nikes and Jordans and all that crap back then, but I didn't never, I I bought the, I bought the, like the step down versions. I never bought the legit bird versions. I didn't want anybody to steal them. But I'm spending $150 in a pair of Irish setter boots. I want to say they were Irish, they were Irish setter or lacrosse. I can't remember exactly. But even then, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm set on the boots. And then and then that's another thing too with the boots is is nowadays like you can buy you can spend this much money and send these boots back. For me, I don't I don't I don't do that. I at least I at least like to, try, I, I, if I'm going to invest in a pair of boots, I want to at least get the most out of them. I got to know, I got to know, did I just not break them incorrectly? Did I just not, is there something that I didn't do? There's something I could have done better to make sure these boots work best for me or they just didn't work for me. See, I like a, I like a boot around the ankle. I like a high boot that goes around the ankle. Cause I got bad. I got weak ankles. And I don't run. I don't run. I walk slow. So so I, I like to watch my step and make sure that I'm steady on my step. And that, that's just how I roll. But there's some people out there that like a loose ankle and they want more foot support. They want more thicker padding on the bottom of the foot. That's, that's something that, that you need to find out. And that's, again, why I go back to there's a lot of guys and girls. There's a lot of people out there that have done this for us. They've gone through all this stuff for us, and they write articles, and they wrote articles, and that's where I found a lot of this stuff. Different people going through different different situations. But it all starts with understanding that there's, there's a budget out there, and you don't need to go and buy all this gear that is high in that budget that is high end gear blow your budget out but you're, you're standing there looking badass on top of the mountain right next to your truck you know in head-to-toe sitka gear when you're you don't really need to utilize that stuff you know what, what that stuff does for you you're not going to put it to the test you're not going it's like owning a bird dog and not taking him bird hunting it's it's that's 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 kind of like the way I look at it. Now, I hope that makes sense. And the biggest thing that I'm trying to say with this is there's a lot of ways you could go out and figure this stuff out. There's a lot of ways you can find it. I'm still learning. I'm still learning about all this gear stuff. When it comes to the hunting and and, and camping and, and, and that side of this gear stuff, I am, I am still like, like I mentioned, like within the last five, three to five years is when I really started to be like, Hey, uh, um, you know, I gotta invest. I gotta, I gotta upgrade this. I gotta upgrade this gear from, from the, from, from what I had to what I, what I'm going going to be getting into and the gear I had before it wasn't even that bad, but I had to upgrade. I have to start looking at upgrading it. If you're going to be in that, in that gear, in that budget of where you're buying your stuff at Walmart, you're buying your stuff at ACE hardware, um, Cabela's and Bass pro shops. Now, when you go and buy their brand, uh, there, I think Cabela's is, well, Cabela's is Cabela's. I'm pretty sure. But then you got Bass Pro Shops that's redhead. They, they have good gear. They do. And then you have the step-down gear. you got the Walmart gear, the Ozark Trail stuff. I see a lot of folks out there. With, and there's nothing wrong with that. When it comes to camping gear, I would suggest if you're brand new at camping, even if you're a year or two in and you want to upgrade some gear, go and buy the, the high-end Ozark Trail gear from Walmart. I haven't had any problem with it so far. Yeah, I do have some uh I I do I do I did invest in, you know, some sleeping bags and some uh well tents the tent the tents that I've been using, I haven't I don't really have a backpacking tent, so I can't really give you a good uh I, I don't really do that a lot. So I don't I don't know, but I know where I can go find that stuff. I know where I can go find talk to good people that know what they're talking about uh when it comes to that gear. And Real quick, uh, if you get a chance, this is this is the best advice that I ever got, and well, that I figured out how to how to how to learn this. If you want to get advice on gear, if you want to pick somebody's brain about gear, yes, those people out there that that do these these write ups, that do these blogs, uh, that do podcasts, stuff like that, those are great. Those are great uh, places to learn about gear and to see what what's what's good, what's not good, and all that all that stuff. But if you have the chance and this is where this is why I'm, I'm happy that and I hope sports shows come back is because what I would love to do when I was younger, I would go to these sports shows and I would talk to these guides and I would pick out the ones I wouldn't pick out the ones that everybody's talking to the most popular guides there. I wouldn't pick those guys out. I would go and pick out the guys that you don't that don't really have a lot of people talking to them. Those are going to be your younger guides. Those are going to be your guides that have been doing it for a while. Maybe they haven't maybe they only guided a couple trips, but maybe they mostly do the driving. Maybe they only maybe they mostly do the cooking, the packing, the unpacking, the setting up camp, all that stuff. Talk to those guys and see what they're running. And then talk to the older guys. Then talk to the the popular guys if you can. Because guides spend what they spend weeks, months out on the mountain. And sometimes they gotta buy, and I, I learned this from a from a fishing guide, from one of my mentors, and and he, who was also a hunting guide, and this is what got me to talking to guides. But before that, I would go and talk, I would go and talk to these guides on what they're wearing, and what mainly boots. I would talk to them about boots, but they would buy doubles, triples, pair of gear. Or sometimes they would have one pair of gear and they'd have to re- rule, but most of the time it would be, they would alternate between either, either uh, two pairs of clothing gear that they have out there or three. If they were lucky, it was three. And this dude told me that he would always, all the money he got, especially tips when he would make himself, he would have a tip budget or whatever, and whatever, how they did it. He would go buy gear because you don't, you're not washing your clothes. And then also too, think about this, do you really, are you, if, if you're, do you really need multiple, if you're not a guide, like I just said, well, on on that, let me finish that thought real quick. The guides are going to put that gear to the test. They're going to put that stuff through the ringer, especially the ones that are new and they don't, they can't afford to buy multiple sets of gear. They have one pair of clothing, one pair of pants, one pair of shirt, one jacket, uh, one one puffy jacket, one rain jacket, one pair of puffy pants, one pair of rain pants, whatever it, whatever it may be. They got one pair of it, and they put it through the test because they can't afford to buy more. They're just starting out. Those guys, ask those guys what they wear and how that how it works, and then go buy that stuff. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I did it. But these guys. They put this stuff through the test. They do. Yeah, I know that some of these guys these if you run into some of, that you see at these sports shows, they they might be sponsored by a certain manufacturer. Uh the guide outfit might be sponsored by a certain manufacturer, but still ask them, still talk to them. They know what they know their stuff, man, when it comes to gear. They know how long they can get, get away with it. And then that comes back to you. So you think about now. Okay, I'm not guiding. I'm going to be out there, you know, 3 days, 3 or 4 days, maybe a whole entire week. How often am I going to be changing clothes if I don't, you know, either mess them, get them dirty some even if you get them dirty like how often are you going to be changing clothes? Do you need to change? Is there a wardrobe change out there? Do you do you got do you got you're going to have company, so you need to have your like what? What in the what in your mind? makes you think that you need multiple pairs of clothing. So a good shirt, good pair of pants, good pair of underwear. Underwear is very important out there. That's, that's something that I overlook uh, until I had, I, until I had the worst case of ring around the fire or ring, ring, not ring around the fire, ring of fire. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to get into it. I've had the worst case of, of uh, ring of fire and, and chapped thighs that I ever had in my life and I and I switched up I switched up my underwear game it was it was just awful. I either wear tidy whities or I wear or, or typically I'll wear some uh, type of uh, uh, compression shorts underneath or underneath my pants. And these are just things that that I learned by experience. but you don't need to have multiple pair of clothing. Especially if you're, and then think about what kind of hunt you're on. Are you on an early hunt? Are you on a late season hunt? Then you're looking at, at cold gear. Then you're looking at if it, how cold is it going to be? You have to think about that. Then you have to think about hypothermia. Then you have to think about sweating, not sweating. There's so many things that come into play that having that's that's where I guess you can get to where you're cold, where you're getting cold is that's where you're having multiple sets of clothing. You know, you got an undershirt, you got a long sleeve shirt, you got a shirt that goes under you, you got an undershirt that touches your skin. You got to take it. I'm not even talking about layers yet, because if you're thinking about layers, that that's when you're going to be talking about a base layer. Then you're going to have a, a secondary layer. Then you're going to have a shell and then you're going to have your your outer layer. You know, if you're thinking of, of early season type, and, and some people will omit a lot of those layers. Like some people will, they'll have a base layer that isn't for me. I like, I like like a half cut off shirt, the no sleeves base layer, like an under armor, kind of a heat gear type of scenario is what I like for my base layer. And then over that, I'm going to have a long sleeve shirt on one of those moisture wickening shirts. It's very simple for me. And then this is early season hunts. And then over the top of that, I got I got something in case it gets cold and windy, so I can stop the wind. And then on top of that, I got something in case it gets cold. And then I try not to sweat. That's that's just what I kind of do during the the when I have in in, in my experience. That's what I was. That's kind of the system I would run. It varies for everybody. And again, that goes back to being the most important thing is figuring out what works for you. Now, when it comes into to finding these this gear, finding these these budget diamonds in the rough, man, if you're going to look at okay, oh, like I'm I'm convinced that I'm going to get something in the Sitka. I'm convinced that I'm going to get something in the Kuyu. I'm convinced that I'm going to get something in the First Light brand. The best time to go find those those items. Are when it is springtime and early summer. Springtime and early summer is the best times to go find the sales on those deals or those those articles of clothing. Because you got to think about this too. They are those 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 articles of clothing are very high dollar. So they will have you will have some inventory, and that inventory will all there's not a lot of people that are going to go buy that stuff. There's not a lot of people, I mean, as opposed to the people that won't, that, that will buy the other stuff. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. So you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a lot of that stuff on the red tag racks. You're going to have all that, a lot of that stuff on the discount racks. And yeah, you're probably going to run Like if you're a big guy or big, if, <laughs> I almost said, if you're a big woman too, if you're a big guy, you 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 can get lucky, man, because that's what a lot of times when you're searching through those racks, you're gonna see the size three X, you're gonna see a lot of two X's, you're gonna see a lot of those those sizes. So if you're a bigger dude, man, you're gonna you're gonna find a smoking deal on high end gear, on high end shirts, high end pants, like that, super fast. Maybe if you're a smaller guy, smaller stature person, you, you, it might be a little tougher. Women, when it comes to women. Now, I've seen, you know, that stuff go that that's you have your pick of the litter with that stuff. But more and more as women get out, more and more women start to hunt, you know, that stuff that those selections starts to come down because they 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 start buying it. But this past even this past season with COVID and everything, I did notice because a lot of people are buying stuff online that there was a lot of those those options um, for ladies but for men, that's where you go. They got jackets. They got under They got under uh, the the layers, the base layers. They got shirts. They got pants. They got, I mean, everything you can find there. 50% off, 60% off. Hell, even 30, 40% off is a great freaking deal. Wait to find those clothing. If you want to find them, if you're on a budget, wait to find that stuff in the springtime or in the early summer. Because that's when you can find it. Other places, other options where you can find good gear and get by is Costco. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy, be shy away. I still wear, I buy a lot of Costco stuff now and use it. They got good shirts or good shorts and good pants, especially for fishing. I bought a pair of uh, fishing pants. Well, I, they're not fishing pants. Generally, they're not specifically fishing pants, but they're. They're water moisture wickering pants, waterproof pants that that uh, have good pockets, good deep pockets, good protection pockets. They're not you know they're not sticky pockets that I can get, that I I can bust out the bottom of them. They're not you know for and for fishing I like to put pliers, I like to put a hook. Rec- there's a lot of things I put in my pockets, snips, uh, braided scissors, or braided line scissors. You know if I'm on shore, there's a lot of things I, I like to put in my pockets. So I want to make sure I have good pockets. Costco has great. Deals on clothing And then when you get into the fall season They'll put out pants I had a pair of pants that I wore For an early season uh, deer hunt And I swear that they were They were as good Or close to being as good As the Sika pants that I own And these things they They were tremendous I had no issues with uh, getting too sweaty or hot in them, I had no issues with blowing out the ankle or blowing out the knees. Uh, sitting on my butt, if I was sitting against a, a tree or sitting in the in in the blind. And when I talk about blind, I'm not talking about like a pop up blind. I'm talking about twigs and trees and and stuff that I put in front of me. And I'm sitting against a tree. I had no issues with that with those. Very very comfortable pant. Very comfortable pant. I think I spent forty dollars on them. And like I said, shirts are, they're, they're great shirts. They have great shirts there too for the same moisture wickening, stuff like that. Polyester shirts. Um, the, uh, uh, different, what is that? Um, was it poly is a polyurethane or whatever. I, I, I always screw that name that, uh, uh, that, that word up. I always screw that term, but you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's basically what all the, um, uh, those moisture with those under armor shirts are made of, you know, that, that kind of deal. Heck even they got flannel shirts. They got Eddie Bauer stuff there. I mean, I'm not going to say Eddie Bauer's the, a great outdoor gear, outdoor shirt, but I had a, I bought a flannel, Eddie Bauer, Eddie Bauer flannel, like, like a button shirt, button, button up shirt that I wore. Uh, I would wear pheasant hunting. And it kept me warm and it kept me comfortable. (laughs) That's all I remember. And and a lot of this gear too, I'm not just talking about big game hunting, you know, pheasant hunting and and, and upland, upland bird hunting is that, that gear too can, you know, you're walking, you're sweating. So you want to get gear from that too. Like I use a lot of my Costco gear for that type of stuff. So just understand like the whole, the whole purpose of this podcast is to know that there are ways. There are, excuse me, there are um, ways to 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 get good gear and to use good gear that doesn't break the bank and that's not considered cheap or that isn't you know inexpensive.